Well, welcome everybody to another episode of Brax Tax. We're going to get down to some Brax Tax. I'm here with Zach Hellman again. How's it going, Zach? It's going pretty good. How about yourself? I am having a day so far already. Uh, <laughs> right, yeah. I'm very glad that um, we are we are going over our topic for today. Um, we're, we're trying this out. We're going to see if, if this um, works. But at the very least, this is a good place to... Um, to start with this, um, to explain what we're doing, um, Tim Keller, a uh, former pastor in New York, um, created what's, uh, what he titled the New City Catechism, and uh, it is a 52-week um, uh, question and answer topical study of just um, kind of the basics of of faith, um, catechisms in Christian history are are things that people needed to know before they got baptized. Um, we've kind of walked away from that now, but they're still really helpful for um, for really learning more about your faith. And uh, so you can go to newcitycatechism.com and find uh, a, f- a free version of this book. Um, you can also download the app, New City Catechism, just off of... Yeah, just off of the App Store. I assume it's on Google Play. Okay. And whatever else. Okay. Whatever yeah, applications that you have. Um, but it's it's really slick. I mean, if you wanted to, there's the physical book yep. or books. I, I have the book. Yeah. There's Yeah, I think there's multiple, like a study guide, probably. Right. There's a children's yeah, book. Yeah, which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Even on online, there's an option to go for the, you know, click on on the children's check that box, mm-hmm. and then it'll really simplify the question and the answer. Cool. Which is which is really nice. It's really neat. That's helpful, especially in a time like now where people really need simple, yeah, <laughs> you right. know, to teach their kids and things like that. So we'll have a link to this in uh, the description. Um, you can just Google New City Catechism Week One, and and it'll uh, pop up as the top thing to um, top search result. But this would be a really good thing to just, you know, weekly, um, you know, the goal would be to uh, memorize the question and the answer. Mm-hmm. Um, but to just go over this with your family, because, um, you know, there's less of small groups going on, less of church going on. And we're seeing that families really have to um, kind of take, kind of take lead in spiritual development in their families. Mm-hmm. So um, here's this week's question. What is our only hope in life and death? And that is a, a very profound question. Yeah. Um, because <laughs> that's what, you know, Christianity offers us is, mm-hmm. is hope. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially now, but not even just now, not, it's not unique to now or, right. or any particular point. Yeah. We're always, you know, craving hope yeah. because otherwise we'll just go crazy. Yeah. And, and we, we need, you know, something to look forward to Yeah, because let's be honest, this world, it's all right, but <laughs> it's, it's pretty good, <laughs> but, uh, it, it could be better. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I, I think the, the answer um, to, to this question, to what is our only hope in life and 
death mm-hmm. is that we're not our own, yeah. um, but we belong both body and soul, both in life and death to God in our Savior, Jesus Christ. That is, yeah. I, like we were talking earlier, just, just focusing on this hope that we have, um, that it's not just in life, but it's also in death. It's not just in death, but also in life. Yeah. And, uh, I think this is, this is so important for us to, to get because, um, so often Christianity for people gets reduced down to fire insurance. Yeah. Um, it's a hope for death, but it's not a hope for life. And, and I think in order for us to live with hope, we have to have both. We have to have hope in life as well as in death. Mm. Um, and you know, we, we could even go and say, well, you need to have it in life because there are people in your life that die. Yeah. You know, um, there are tragedies that happen and, and you need hope. Uh, there's, there's pandemics that happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you need yeah. to have hope. Um, so historically the answer, um, has been, yeah, that we are not our own, but belong body and soul, both in life and death to God and to our savior, Jesus Christ. And, uh, the, I mean, why, why do you think that's a good answer though? Well, I, I, I think it's a it's a great answer because um, when when you're looking to what you hope for is you're gonna want like an all all encompassing hope mm-hmm. you know that that will cover all all aspects of what you could hope for because mm-hmm. if if it covers just a little bit of it mm-hmm. then it doesn't seem to be totally satisfying to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so because it's, so one, it's a truthful answer. Right. We can agree on that. Yep. Um, but it, it, it encapsulates everything that we could hope for mm-hmm. that for both body and soul that, that it, you know, it's not just that my, what, what, you know, my consciousness, uh, you know, autopiloting this mech of mine, you know, <laughs> like that's not just what can look forward to. Mm-hmm. It's not just my body yeah. you know, lying on the ground unconscious. Yeah. It's, it's everything of me Yeah. Um, that belongs both in life and death. Cause I'm going to die. Mm-hmm. That's for darn sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. The death rate has remained at a steady hundred percent yeah. for all of humanity. Well, <laughs> yeah. True. You know, like 99.999999. There's Enoch and Elijah. And then, I mean, Jesus did die. That is true. So he is a part of that. That is true. He did rise. So, but so do other people. That's true. <laughs> and, and Lazarus's math count, like. <laughs> Does he get 200% or? I think so. Okay. I think that probably brings the death rate back to 100%. Probably, it probably does. For all the people who have died, been raised, and right. then died again. So. <laughs> but for me, <laughs> yeah. I can readily assume that I will die. Yep. Um, uh, and it that in life and death, that I'm belonging to someone greater than myself. Because mm-hmm. if I was belonging to, say, my parents, my, m- m- 
Well, <laughs> I mean, I kind of do, but yeah. but no. Yeah. Like, like if I belonged in totality to my parents. Right. Um, so you're saying if you belong body and soul, both in life and death, to yes, your parents. To my parents. Okay, all right. Um, one, I'm not sure how that would work because my parents are going to die. Yeah. And I'm going to die. So if we're both dead, mm-hmm. do I belong to them? But I'm we're just ashes on the ground or something. Right. Um, but because it's in God and Jesus Christ mm-hmm. that they're eternal, that we can always, uh, have belonging in, 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 um, in the Godhead mm-hmm. that it, it's always, it's always there and they're always good. Mm-hmm. My parents, I love them. They're mm-hmm. great, but they're not always good. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and God and Jesus Christ are always good. Mm-hmm. So because that we're uh, in total, all of us um, are are belonging to the best good and the eternal mm-hmm. is it, it, it's it's a lot of hope that you can get from that. Yeah. Um, because it's never going to end. It's never going to turn sour or, mm-hmm. or be bad. Yeah. It will always be the best good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um just some thoughts of mine on this. Um, there was a, you know, I think Psalm 23 is kind of um, reminiscent of some of this. Um, you know, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Mm-hmm. He leads me beside still waters. Um, you know, so there's this physical aspect of, of care Um because God is my shepherd, he cares for me like, like this. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think the care is both for body and for soul. He gives me every, um, I think it's second Peter. Um, he gives me everything that I, I need for life and godliness, Mm -hmm. body and soul. Um, and then, in life and in death. Um, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. So I think that's um, part of why this is a good answer. Um, the other aspect just biblically that I'm thinking of is um, what is the content of the Christian hope? Mm. Um, so this answer of what is our only hope in life and death, um, the the catechism says, this is my hope. I don't belong to me. I belong to God and to Jesus, who is my Savior. And I belong to him this way, in body and soul, life and death. Um, however, Paul answers what our hope is in Ephesians 1, differently than this. Now I'm not saying that this is, this is wrong and we should throw it out the window. Um, but, but Paul's answer to what our hope is in Ephesians, at least Mm. is, um, he says in Ephesians one, um, you know, he's praying for the Ephesian church and he says, uh, that you may know the hope to which he has called you what is the glorious riches of the inheritance of the saints and his immeasurably great power towards you who believe. Mm. 
So the hope is what's coming, and that's the inheritance that's ours, that's that's heaven, mm-hmm. post-death or post-resurrection. Um, you get that inheritance. Whatever Jesus has in heaven is yours. That's what he says earlier in Ephesians 1. Um, so there's a there there's a hope for my future mm-hmm. after death with Jesus. I have everything that Jesus has died to give me. But the present hope is the immeasurably great the the immeasurably um, great power of God towards me because I'm His. Mm. Now you see. This isn't actually totally different than than this answer. No, it's quite similar. <laughs> it's it's very similar because it's um, body and soul, life and death, mm-hmm. present and future hope. Yes. Um, my future hope is that I get to be with Jesus, that He has truly defeated death by tasting death for me. Um, he's defeated death, and now I have uh, this eternal. Um, physical presence, future with Jesus. That's not what I'm experiencing right now, um, but I will experience that someday. And in order to see me through this life until I get to death and after it is God's power towards me because I'm his. Mm-hmm. Um, and what that looks like in Ephesians, you know, like all of Ephesians one through three is just this long description mm-hmm. of God's power. Yeah. Um, so much of it is. And and how Paul describes God's power towards us is this power um, is the same power that God the Father exerted when he raised Jesus mm-hmm. from the dead. Yeah. So this is when, you know, when we sing songs like the same power that raised Jesus from the grave, that's Jeremy Camp song. Um, lives in us, Mm -hmm. lives in us. And that's, that's true. Yeah. (laughs) So the power of God in the resurrection of Jesus is alive in us today. Mm -hmm. Um, That sounds uh, so big and alien to our current experience because we live most of the time in the mundane. Now we mm. now we live in a, in you know crisis mode. <laughs> right. Um, Things are a little different. Yeah. So, so then it's like, okay, well, how how does the power of the resurrection live in me mm-hmm. now? Because it kind of seems like we're losing. Yeah. Um, and I think we can get there in a minute. Um, yeah. One one way that that I've heard that said is the same power that brought Jesus to life mm-hmm. can bring you to life. Hmm. And what I think that's so significant is, is Jesus is still alive. Yeah. He got raised, brought up to heaven and he's there. He's still there. Yeah. That same power took you, the sinner, Mm -hmm. gave you new life. Yeah. You, you you think God's just going to have all that power and, and abandon you. Right. He's going to keep you in that. You have that security the whole way. Yeah. And that's big hope. Yeah. That's big hope. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, just with this then of like, you know, the, the powerful promise of, of what you're saying of, you know, the resurrection power being in me, 
And then, you know, there seems to be that disconnect though in our daily lives. Um, I, I think this is, um, let me bring it up. This is significant for me in, in the way that I think about this is in Romans eight. And this is actually our, um, our memory verse or two memory verses for, for this week, who shall separate us from the love of Christ shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword as it's written for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. So, I mean, he, you know, Paul's kind of painting this picture of things are not going well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's tribulation, there's distress, there's persecution, there's famine, there's nakedness, there's danger, there's sword. So we could very rightly conclude, well, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We're regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. Like, you know, we're, we're sheep, uh, you know, we're on a conveyor belt and, and we're just, you know, we're going to be turned into euros pretty quickly with some nice cucumber sauce. Um, and, and yeah, anyway, um, (laughs) but Paul's response to that conclusion of, you know, we could conclude we're done, you know, we're just going to get slaughtered. We're, we're killed all the day long. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors who through him who loved us. Um, more than conquerors. So like conquerors defeat their enemy. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. You know, they're dead. <laughs> more than conquerors. They defeat their enemy. And now their enemy is their friend. And servant. I think that's then how the resurrection power, because this is what happened with Jesus, right? Yeah. Is that he died. He himself was victim. Mm -hmm. Like we all could be right now in, in this present crisis. Yeah. We, you know, death is, is alive and reigning right now. It it seems in the, in the craziness and scariness of the world that we live in. Mm -hmm. Um, Jesus was the victim. Yet he met death mm-hmm. and then it became his servant in, in doing the opposite of, right. of death and bringing life. So I think then like we, we might ask ourselves, like, why hasn't God just taken away the coronavirus? You know, why hasn't God yeah, just taken right. away cancer? You know, why hasn't God like, doesn't he want good for us? Absolutely. Yes. He wants us to be more than conquerors. And what that looks like then is somehow with God's resurrection power being in us, that we meet the the evil in our world um, and then more than conquer it. Mm. That we, we enslave the coronavirus. Mm. Um, We meet it, we enslave it, so that it is now our servant in doing the opposite of what the coronavirus is supposed to bring. Right. Which would be things like panic, fear. Um, I mean, all in an ultimate sense, death. Mm-hmm. I think Jesus is going to be bringing about, I mean, ultimately he will raise people who have died of the coronavirus <laughs> from the dead. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I, that's just some of my thoughts on, on this whole 
hope thing. Um, body and soul, life and death. I belong to God. Um, you know, he, he looks at sparrows, doesn't let them fall from the tree dead without him like caring about that bird. Yeah. And, and we should take heart because apparently we're of much more value than, than sparrows. Supposedly. Yeah. That's, that's what he says. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to believe him. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. 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 So in totality, mm-hmm. we don't belong to ourselves. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Because I would, I, you know, oftentimes I am the uh, cause of my own destruction. Yeah. All the time I am. Yeah. Um, so it's good that mm-hmm. I, that we don't belong to ourselves, mm-hmm. but rather one to is who is so much greater, so mm-hmm. much uh, better, and and will never be the cause of our destruction. Mm-hmm. Rather, the opposite. Yeah. The 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 causes of our righteousness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, by the way, the verse for uh, this question um, and answer. Romans 14, seven through eight, for none of us lives to himself and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So then whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. So I think that's, that's a, I'm glad they brought that verse in because that's, that's helpful Mm -hmm. in thinking about this. Right. And I, you know, we talked a, a bit earlier how mm-hmm. um, in the context of, of Romans 14, yeah. it's talking about like the unity of the church. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's a, another good aspect of hope that mm-hmm. um, in belonging to God and Jesus Christ, we also then in a way, not, not in the same way, but in a way belong to each other now yeah. as we have this, this unity of um, the sons and daughters of Christ. Yeah. How we're all um, brothers and sisters now. Um, and th- th- that while we don't need these other people, it can be while we're here uplifting that we have mm-hmm. um, each other. And I suppose now we need each other. I suppose I was meaning that more in the sense of um, God would be fully sufficient. Yeah. But in life, we certainly need each other. And, mm-hmm. and that unity of, of, of the family yeah. is very helpful. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, last week, I think we talked about this um, a little bit too, is, you know, um, the believers around us are a proxy for Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't see his, his Jewish tanned, dark eyed, pos- you know, mm-hmm. dark hair, we don't see him in front of us. We don't talk to him like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do talk to believers and we see them physically. And then we get mm-hmm. to see Jesus, um, you know, the believers around us created in the image of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I think, I think we, we belong to him and we belong to one another. Um, Yeah. Do you want to move on to the commentary? We can. Okay. So um, there is commentary that's offered um, in this uh, New City Catechism. Um, You know, 
we'll we'll have to try to translate John Calvin because <laughs> right. there there are words like wither, um, wither, wither. Conversely, converse, right? Uh, accordingly, mm-hmm. I mean, people say that. That's I suppose that's not too bad. Um, so I'll just read it, and then we can kind of pick apart John Calvin's thoughts on this answer. Mm-hmm. If we then are not our own, but the Lord's. It's clear what error we must flee and, and whither we must direct all the acts of our life. We're not our own. Let not our reason nor our will, therefore, sway our plans and deeds. We're not our own. Let us, therefore, not set it as our goal to seek what is expedient for us. We're not our own. Insofar as we can, let us forget ourselves and all that is ours. Conversely, we are God's. Let us therefore live for him and die for him. We are God's. Let his wisdom and will therefore rule all our actions. We are God's. Let all the parts of our life accordingly strive toward him as our only lawful goal. Oh, how much has that man profited who have been taught, having been taught that he is not his own, has taken away dominion and rule from his own reason that he may yield it to God. For as consulting our self-interest is the pestilence that most effectively leads to our destruction, so the sole haven of salvation is to be wise in nothing and to will nothing through ourselves but to follow the leading of the Lord alone. There's a lot in there. Yes. There's quite a bit. Um, he, he wrote some cool stuff though. This, this John Calvin guy, I, I like, I like a lot of the things that, that I've read of him. He's got like, <laughs> you want to read his institutes. It'll take up like half a shelf. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's quite a bit of, of writing, but, what, what any thoughts on on this bit of commentary from from Calvin? Yeah, so I mean, other than it just being wonderfully written, mm-hmm. um, there there's a lot to uh, unpack. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think the the biggest thing that sticks out to me is, and, and this seems at first when it, when you're hearing it um, to be contrary to what we would say as Christians, like be wise in nothing. Mm-hmm. But then it goes on to explain yeah. <clears throat> how uh, be wise in nothing and will nothing through ourselves, yeah. but allow the leading of the Lord alone. Yeah. And as we know, wisdom is the fear of the Lord. So it's mm-hmm. it's not uh, of our own accord that we will these things, mm-hmm. but it's the it, it's God's. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think um, the the big takeaway I have of this is surrendering all that you think for yourself is mm-hmm. good mm-hmm. because I mean, it seems like to me that I have a lot of great ideas, mm-hmm. but <laughs> so do I. Yeah. yeah. My ideas oh, yeah. are the best. Oh yeah. All the time. <laughs> um, but tends up happening. My ideas either don't turn out good for myself or I get lucky. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and so because we're we're so bad at making judgment mm-hmm. it may seem to us like we're great at making judgment yeah. um but because we're so bad at it mm-hmm. um 
surrender all 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 that you would do for yourself all that all all the ideas that you would have for how to make yourself better and, mm-hmm. and how to improve the world yeah surrender that get rid of that yeah and look instead at what god's will for you would be mm-hmm. that um don't yeah exactly that how less me more god is better for everyone right yeah yeah, I, I think, you know, just a, a few words and, and thoughts, you know, I think Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 is is just all over mm-hmm. this paragraph. You know, trust not, um, what is it? Uh, gosh, I just, I have this memorized. Your yeah, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He will make your paths straight. Um, you know, my will and my reason. So my thinking and my desiring have to be submitted to, to God. And I think, um, kind of erased almost, it seems, um, you know, he says, let's forget ourselves and all that's ours. Um, you know, that, that doesn't mean that, we remove us mm-hmm. um, from the, the equation. It's it's more of I think uh, I think it's more of a an honest of you know this this is what I think and this is what I will mm-hmm. yes and, and I'm I'm gonna tell God that's that's what I think this is this is what I want um, but ultimately. I'll, I'll forget me and what's mine in favor of him mm-hmm. remembering him and what is his, right. um, which includes me. Um, let's live for him. Let's die for him. Um, let his wisdom and his, so his thinking and his desiring rule my actions. Um, let I, I love this line. Let all the parts of our life accordingly strive toward Him as our only lawful goal. Um, so let everything about my life be uh, stretching towards, as a tree towards the sun. My my the the end for which I was made, which is mm-hmm. God. Yeah. I was made for Him. Um, and, and he is my only lawful goal Mm -hmm. to have a different goal would be illegal in God's eyes. Right. (laughs) If the goals are not him. Um, so, you know, yield my desire, yield my thinking to God. Um, you know, this, this is so good too. For as consulting our self interest is the pestilence that most effectively leads to our destruction. So to put this in current terms, this would be consulting my own self interest. Like, you know, I don't know. What do you think? (laughs) You know, and, and then talking, you know, and, and, um, just having in mind my own self interest the whole time, as I go about my daily life, that's the coronavirus that most effectively <laughs> leads to my destruction. Mm-hmm. That's the plague. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's, it's more, 
me consulting me and considering my own self-interest all the time, living my life that way, mm-hmm. that's more dangerous to my soul than the coronavirus is to my body. Yeah. Um, gosh. <laughs> so the soul haven, refuge of salvation is to be wise in nothing and to desire nothing through my own self-interest, but to just follow the leading of the Lord alone. And what does Jesus look like? I mean, he's not, you know, he doesn't consider equality with God a thing to be grasped. Right. Held on to. He empties himself, becomes nothing, <laughs> becomes a slave to all. So, you know, if if we want to, to ha- be, uh, um, spiritually uh sheltered you know what's it what's the phrase now with you know states that are lock and shelter something like that something you know if we want that for our souls then we follow the lead of 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 jesus Mm -hmm. who goes low and and doesn't consider his own self-interests um gosh yeah anyway any thoughts on that yeah, one way, you know, I was thinking, um, it, it repeats, he, he repeats the phrase, we are gods, I, th- I think it's four times mm-hmm. right in a row, mm-hmm. and then, you know, expounding what that means. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I don't know why, but but this um, this sort of, just analogy on, on um, this is, is coming, coming to my head, and then what I think it is is when we uh, do what we think, as Colin says, is more is expedient to us, convenient. Yep. To yep. What what we would what we would want for ourselves, not what God would want for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not, you know, like you said, doing what we were made to do. Mm-hmm. That's like having a hammer that makes popcorn or something like that. Oof. You know, <laughs> you know, you know, it won't strike a nail. It yep. will only make popcorn. Yeah. Um, that's not good for the hammer no. to do that. That's not what it's meant for. Yeah. Likewise, if we're told to hit a nail, we shouldn't make popcorn. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, so surrendering ourselves to what God will for us, not we will for us, mm-hmm. um, is, is I think, exactly what, what he's saying. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Um, do you want to move on to Tim Keller? We can. All right. Uh, This is what Tim Keller writes. At one point in his writing, John Calvin lays out the essence of what it means to live the Christian life. He says that he could make us a list of the commandments we should be keeping or a list of all the character traits we should be exhibiting. But instead, he wants to boil it down, that is the Christian life, to the basic motive and the basic principle of what it means to live the Christian life. The basic motive is that God sent his son to save us by grace and to adopt us into his family. So now, because of that grace, in our gratitude, we want to resemble our father. We want the family resemblance. We want to look like our savior. We want to please our father. The basic principle then is this, that we're not to live to please ourselves. We're not to live as if we belong to ourselves, and that means 
several things. It means, first of all, we're not to determine for ourselves what's right or wrong. So there's a, you know, just as an aside, there's a moral aspect of this, Mm -hmm. of you don't get to decide like Adam and Eve did what's right right or wrong. Right. Um, Back, back to what, what he says. We give up the right to determine that, and we rely wholly on God's word. We also give up the operating principle that we usually use in day-to-day life. We stop putting ourselves first, and we always put first what pleases God and what loves our neighbor. It also means that we're to have no part of our lives that is immune from self-giving. We're supposed to give ourselves wholly to him, body and soul. That, that's what he means, by the way, of self-giving, not like like a generosity, but it'd be like the currency, the money is you and you give that to God. Right. So there's no part of your life, you know, like you don't cut a dollar, you know, in half mm-hmm. to give someone 50 cents. Yeah. You know, you can't do that with God, but like you have to give the whole dollar mm-hmm. and the whole dollar is you. Anyway. Right. Um, and it means we trust God through thick and thin, through the good and the bad times in life and in death. And how do the motive and the principle relate? Because we're saved by grace, we're not our own. A woman once said to me, if I knew I was saved because of what I did, if I contributed to my salvation, then God couldn't ask anything of me because I'd made a contribution. But if I'm saved by grace, sheer grace, <laughs> there's nothing he can't ask of me. And that's right. You're, you're not your own. You were bought with a price. Some years ago, I heard a Christian speaker say, how can you come to grips with someone who has given himself utterly for you without you giving yourself utterly for him? Jesus gave himself wholly for us. So now we must give ourselves wholly to him. That's really good. Mm -hmm. Um, Any thoughts on on what Tim Keller writes there? Yeah. So... um, there, I'm trying to find it here. There's one point um, where he had mentioned um, about uh, doing, yeah, here it is. Um, we also give up the operating principle that we usually live in day-to-day life. We stop putting ourselves first mm-hmm. and we always put first what pleases God and what loves your neighbor. Mm-hmm. You know, when we think back to what Jesus outlined as as the first and second greatest, mm-hmm. uh, greatest commandment yeah. that we're given, it's, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Yeah. And then love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. Those should be our two primary motives mm-hmm. in that order. Yeah. And nowhere in there is it that we should be self-loving. Right. Or not not, not self-loving as in, you know, that you're allowed to appreciate you know, yourself of, of who you are, your human being, an image bearer, mm-hmm. but not, you know, being focused on yourself. Right. That that you're. It's abs- not a putting yourself first. Right. Yeah. It, it's an absolute devotion mm-hmm. to loving God and then loving your neighbor. Yeah. Um. And and that that goes to speak of we're not our own. Yeah. It you know we we would be our own if our primary objective was to love ourselves. Right. You know. Well, we might think we're our, our own. Yeah. Um. But. Um. By you know putting. We, we put God first because he's what, you know, he's, and th- this, this sounds bad and not wrong, but you know, it's true. He like, he's our father. He's, he owns us. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I think it could be better, but he's, he's our father. Mm-hmm. He's, um, we belong to him. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Therefore, we love him with everything we got. Yeah. 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 Um, I think I agree with him. You know, I think the the operating principle that we use in day to day life, and you see it when hit, stuff hits the fan, mm-hmm. and and people will see a ninety some year old man in in Costco <laughs> waiting to get his frozen veggies, and you look at him, right, yeah, and and take. All of them. <laughs> That's the operating principle of most people in day-to-day life. Right. I put me first. Mm-hmm. And and there's even this, this thought that people have that if I put myself first, that's what is best for everybody. Mm-hmm. Because if everyone does that, then everyone will be taken care of. Right. I don't I then I think Darwin's <laughs> principle yeah. of survival of the fittest comes in not that everyone will be you know putting themselves yeah. first and then they're okay because the weak the elderly children mm-hmm. they it, you know people with health problems they won't get taken care of yeah. yeah they could put themselves first but they're not going to get what they need right you do because you were there first in line or you're bigger and stronger mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that that operating principle, and I think it, you know, it goes right back to what, what Calvin was saying is that our self interest is the pestilence that most effectively leads to our destruction. Mm -hmm. First, you see it destroying other people. Mm -hmm. You know, you see this 80 years ago with Hitler Mm -hmm. because he put himself first. He put Germany first, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and and then look what happened is that you know it's you you have the Holocaust, mm-hmm. um, and I'm not saying you know that there that uh, Christian principles for the individual applies to the state wholesale. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying you see this play out in history when people put themselves and their self interest first. Mm-hmm. Um, destruction happens. Um, they're physical, but spiritually, that that's what's going on first is is that destruction happens to them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I really like what what Keller has to say. I will say, um, I do have some disagreement. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least nuance that I would want him to have in here, but it's a small paragraph. <laughs> you know, you can't have everything in there. Yeah. Um, but when he says, so now because of that grace in our gratitude, we want to resemble our father. We want the family resemblance. We want to look like our savior. We want to please our father. What the, what the basis is for wanting to look like the father is gratitude. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think most people, most, most Christians, cause here's, here's the question that most people have. If I'm saved by grace and, and then like this lady says later, if I knew I was saved because of what I did, you know, if, if that's not what happens, if I'm not saved by what I do, but by, by grace, mm-hmm. then what motivation do I have mm-hmm. 
to live good. You know? Yeah. And, and I think, you know, parents need, you know, they want to find motivation for their kids <laughs> to be good. Right. Yeah. And, and, um, a lot of them don't have motivation to be good. Mm-hmm. So parents are seeking motivation for their kids. And then, but we're also seeking it for ourselves. If, what, if I'm saved by grace, I'm just, you know, boom, I go to heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, then what motivation do I have to live the Christian life right now? Um, Keller makes gratitude the motivation. Mm. That's yeah. And, and a lot of Christians make gratitude the, the motivation, Mm. but I'll tell you what this is like. This functionally, you know, I'm saying practically how this plays out is it would look like Christmas day comes. um, You know, you were asking for the new PlayStation five. You wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. That's a new Xbox. (laughs) Um, But, you know, or, you know, or a car or something. Mm -hmm. Um, And you're, you know, you're five. You, (laughs) you, you don't have an income. Right. There's there's nothing that you can do, and you're asking for this just this huge gift mm-hmm. that you could not possibly pay back. Yeah. And it's given to you on Christmas Day, and then you you look at your parents and you thank them and you're joyful. Um, but then you say later on, I will I will pay you back for what you what you did right. for me. Um, that misses the point. Yeah. Is that a gift is not meant to be repaid. Mm-hmm. It's a gift. Yeah. It, there is no strings attached. Yeah. Your gratitude is a string that we attach. Mm-hmm. And, and even I would disagree with this preacher Mm-hmm. that that he quotes how can you come to grips with someone who's given himself utterly for you without you giving yourself utterly for him you, you see how that's like that's very contractual yeah it's it's very he did this i do the same mm-hmm. you know there's an imitation of god that is i'm indebted to him now yeah but the truth is jesus died to remove your debt mm-hmm not to create a new one. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then what is the motivation for, for being good? You know, mm-hmm. if, if it's not gratitude, because I don't think that it is. I think, I think gratitude is a part of our, our lives as Christians. We are thankful to God. <laughs> we, you know, we pray and we say things like, thank you, Father, for sending Christ to die for my sins. We thank him. Mm-hmm. But if if thankfulness becomes the motivation for me living the Christian life and being good, then um, you know we're putting a fifty cc engine into a Hummer, right? It, or into a tank. It's not. It can't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, it can. It can. You know, power uh, a fifty cc mm-hmm. bike. Yeah. You know, dirt bike the way that you know it's meant to, but it, <laughs> it can't do the tank. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't think gratitude is, is the motivation. Um, I think hope for one is a better motivation, 
But ultimately, um, how we go about living the Christian life is that I belong not to myself, but body and soul, both in life and death, to God and to my Savior, Jesus Christ. I am united with him so that I don't, I don't live anymore. Galatians 2.22, right? Mm -hmm. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. You don't live anymore. You're dead. You have been united so completely with Jesus' death and resurrection that you don't actually live anymore. It's Jesus that lives in you. And because we're united with him, we go about our daily lives alive, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. but reenacting the story of Jesus. Right. Reenacting the gospel of living, loving, suffering for those that we love, going all the way down into the kind of suffering and death that Jesus experiences. And then rising with him, Mm -hmm. experiencing the power of his resurrection in my day-to-day life by suffering Mm -hmm. with Jesus. Um, Again, if you want more material (laughs) on that, Paul Miller's J-Curve, dying and rising um, with Jesus in your daily life. But just personally, I, I have found... This you being united with Christ and and just walking with Him and living with Him um, day to day, uh, watching for the gospel story in my own life, praying to Him. That's a way better motivation right. than gratitude, right? Because gratitude just puts it all on me. Yeah, and I don't think I have the capacity of gratitude to pay back. No, you don't. That. No, <laughs> um, I love the hymn. Uh, the one, uh, the wondrous cross. There's a there's a line in that. We're the whole realm of nature, mine. That we're present, far too small. Mm. So, like, even if you had the whole universe right. <laughs> that belonged right. to you and everything in it, and you went to God to bargain, you know, to like settle accounts. That's like, that's. <laughs> Like, that's like a dollar for him. Yeah. Compared to the debt of trillions and trillions that you owe. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, yeah. Anyway, that's a way better motivation. Jesus be, himself being our motivation instead of gratitude. Mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, that's, that's way better. Yeah. Yeah. But I do agree with the last line. Jesus gave himself holy for us. So now we must give ourselves holy to him. And if that giving holy to him is in that union mm-hmm. and that relationship and that fellowship, as we go about reenacting the gospel, I agree wholeheartedly mm-hmm. with that. Yeah. Um, another good resource for uh, gratitude and motivation I think I mentioned it last week too. Um, I'll just probably keep naming the same books <laughs> every week. Um, but John Piper's uh, Future Grace deals mm-hmm. with this whole gratitude and um, 
and hope. Um, so, anyway, do you want to read the prayer? Sure. Christ, our hope in life and death, we cast ourselves on your merciful fatherly care. You love us because we are your own. We have no good part from you, and we could ask for no greater gift than to belong to you. Mm -hmm. Amen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like you said, having the entire world Mm -hmm. is a far worse gift Mm -hmm. than what we've already been given. Yeah. There is no greater gift. Um, And I think it's important that we see that the gift is to belong to him. Mm -hmm. Because it's in that bucket that Jesus is in with us. It's it's in that context that we're with Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um. And that we don't belong uh, simply to God by virtue of being in existence, because mm-hmm. other unbeliever, unbelievers, you know, belong to God. Yeah. But this gift is is a special gift of belonging, paid for mm-hmm. by the blood of Christ, so that I belong mm-hmm. not as as property. Mm-hmm. Though that that's true, yeah. um, but like you were saying earlier, I belong to him as as a child to his father. Yeah, adoption into yeah. the family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, any any final thoughts? Uh, I, I think um, just you know, it, it's wonderful because. In order to recap, all you need to do is look at the question and answer. Yeah. Yep. Of what is our only hope in life and death? That we're not our own. Mm-hmm. And thank goodness for that. Mm-hmm. That we belong both body and soul, life and death. So all of us for all time mm-hmm. to God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and in the uncertain times that we're in right now, to keep in mind this hope that I'm not mine. Mm-hmm. And because I'm God's child, uh, I was just reading this as a reminder this morning, Psalm eighty four eleven. no good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Mm-hmm. Um, he will carry us and see us through to the end. If we die, we die to the Lord. If we live, we live to the Lord. So then whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. Well, we will see everybody or not. See, well, well, we won't. We won't. We won't see anybody. We'll be back here. We will most likely. Most, hopefully. <laughs> if the Lord wills, because we belong to him. Uh here next week for another episode of Brax Tax. Thank you for joining us. We got down to Brax Tax. (laughs) We'll see you guys on Flippity Flip.